Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. Bulldogs later tonight against Texas in the College World Series. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're live in the Southeastern Sports Group Studios, downtown Starkville. Well, Charlie, we made it to this point. You finally get a chance to to play Texas. This is only the third meeting between State and Texas in the College World Series. We're 0-2. 1979, Texas won. And then, of course, the last oh. time. We talked to Gene Morgan earlier this year. Doug Johnson for Texas, probably the biggest nemesis. We think about Greg Elena, but Doug Johnson may be the guy who hit the line drive off Gene Morgan. We talked to Gene Morgan earlier this year, and he was talking about how it didn't hurt as bad as people perceived, but then it just kind of woke Texas up, and they came back in 112-7. to We were rolling at that time. Man, I hope nothing like that happens today. Or if it does, that it doesn't happen to us. I mean, we <laughs> yes. are, if ever there is a program that is due for a break, it is ours. We are owed something from the baseball gods. No doubt. And so trying to come back down after winning the Super Regional against Notre Dame, we had a little bit more drama in our Super Regional than Texas did. They kind of swept through everything. They beat South Florida a couple of games in the they Super Regional. They had that tough first game. They did. They had a had the very tough first and game. And then it was a cakewalk. Yeah. They had, what, Fairfield in their regional. and Arizona State was in that regional. They beat Southern, Arizona State, then Fairfield in their regional. Then they had the tough game against South Florida in game one. Then won easy to, uh, easily 12-4. to four. So, all right, Charlie. I know what, what you're thinking. I know what everybody's thinking. We've played Texas already this year. Of course, that was a season opener. You had a bunch of ice on the road. You were wondering if, if you're going to play. We led 8-1 to one in the ninth inning. Texas scored a couple late, made it 8-3. to three. We won that first game. But, man, that's been a long time ago. I was in a group chat yesterday, and somebody was making the comment that, well, we've already beaten Texas. And I said, you know, in math, there is this thing where – I forget the symbol, but it basically has to do with getting close to a number without actually touching it. The relevance of that ball game to me gets as close to zero without possibly touching it. <laughs> okay, so why why is that? Because they're going to throw Ty Madden. We threw Christian McLeod in that first game. We're going to throw Bednar, who was not available for that first weekend. Remember that? He didn't pitch until, what, the third weekend of the season. But, Charlie, when I look at it, and I, I agree with your point, I look at Ty Madden. And what was the thought process going into that game? He was, what, number two overall draft prospect in college baseball. Fastball that's 96, 97. He got up to 99 last week. But what was said, and we've talked about this a few times on our show, of so many times early in the season these guys have scout head. You know, these scouts have been saying, man, you need to work on your slider. Hey, you can't teach 98, but if you've got a slider, you're going to be the number one overall pick. That's going to separate you from Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter is that slider. He came out in that game early in the year and tried to establish the slider, fell behind on some counts. We had a lot of 2-0 counts in that game. And if you go back and you'd say his nemesis, his downfall against us first time out, inability to throw slider for strikes, agree? Absolutely. You go back to the ball game last week that he pitches against South Florida, and <laughs> the coaches say, well, his fastball had – hey, look, he was throwing 98-99 in that ball game in the first inning – settled in about 95, 96, they said the difference in that ball game was his fastball wasn't great because he couldn't command it, but his slider was outstanding, and that he was shaking off the catcher. They give their pitchers the power to shake off a sign, and every time they'd send a fastball in, he was shaking it off and throwing a slider and goes six and two-thirds and does well. So there's kind of two things. Number one, 
I thought early in the season in that ball game, like you say, and we see this for a lot of teams. We can make this argument about a whole bunch of players that early in the year, they've been sitting around reading their draft projections and they want to show the scouts what they can do. So on the negative for him in that ball game, I thought he got away from his fastball. He got in trouble with his slider. The benefit for him now is he throws it really well. So what I would say is you go back to it's kind of interesting because I had friends say, well, we've already beat Texas. We'll beat them again. Nobody had that attitude on Monday after Notre Dame just beat us eight to nothing or whatever it was. You know, we get run out of the, our own field by Notre Dame, and nobody's saying, "Well, they just beat us. We can't beat them again." Baseball is different every day. And back in that first game of the year, I mean, we had Drew McGowan starting in left field. We had Cameron James starting at shortstop. We had Landon Jordan starting at third base. We had Josh Hatcher starting at first base. We're a different team. Forsythe never sees the field. No, he didn't. So you ask yourself this question, too. All right, power sliders. You think today, Bednar, and we wake up this morning, Charlie, and the wind, the projections are going to shift. And I think that's going to be a big part of the game. And how the wind blows in Omaha really changes that ballpark. If you remember in 2013, the wind was always blowing out of the southeast, which is straight in at TD Ameritrade Park. That, that field is very, very different. When they, when they got ready to lay out that field, they wanted to lay it out like a normal baseball ballpark, which always faces toward the northeast. Most of your major league ballparks, our ballpark faces northeast. But the piece of land that it's on, they wanted to shift it around so they could get some of the, the convention center in downtown Omaha in the background shots. Okay, so what does that do? It changes the prevailing winds at this time of year. And so traditionally, they're blowing out of the south. But today, oof. The wind's going to be blowing out of the northwest, 15 to 20 miles an hour, straight out. And so this is going to be very similar to old Johnny Rosenblatt days where the wind's blowing out. It's going to be hot. You got two guys who throw in the mid-90s, 95, 96, and Bednar, and then with Ty Madden. Wouldn't you say the sliders today are going to be the most important pitch? Absolutely, and I think you're going to see a ton of them. I don't think you want to be in a situation today where you're throwing a lot of first-pitch fastballs. And I also don't think you're going to be in a situation, if you're going to be successful, you're not going to look back and say, my pitcher had a lot of 2-0 counts. Because if you get in a spot where you got to throw a fastball, that's not good today. Okay, I want to go way, 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 way off kilter here. If you're in a 3-2 game in the third inning, Texas loads the bases, and you realize real quick, today ain't Bednar's day. And one of the things we're going to talk about is who do you back up? Who state who has state backed up Bednar with? You've you've seen Preston Johnson. You've seen a number of different guys. You've seen a, a, a Brandon Smith before. With the way the College World Series is spread out right now, would you bring in Houston Harding in the middle innings? In would you game? bring in Landon Sims? I mean, there's in a, that exact scenario you just gave. I think we can agree that look, these first two games are huge, right? You, you got to find a way. If you win today. You're not coming back with a Game 3 starter. What is it? Out of the last 29 College World Series champions, only three have started 0-1. Is that correct? I think that's right. I have to look that up. But I remember – But that's certainly the flavor of it. Yes, that's 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 really – that's clear. If, if that's not the number, I'm off one or two. It ain't many. So, think back to the John Cohen mentality. You know, you had Lindgren, you had those guys. John Cohen's deal was – I want those guys in the biggest leverage situation. But I, 
and so do you bring in a Sims in that exact scenario? But for, leave him aside for a moment. Do you use Houston Harding out of the bullpen? I think was the fundamental question. That's a, yeah, that's what I asked. Yeah, I, I would yeah. Too. change up my way. You look at this lineup for Texas. What do they have? They have two, two traditional left-handed hitter, two solid left-handed hitters, and one switch hitter. And Kennedy at the bottom doesn't matter. Okay, there's a guy who half of his hits have been infield singles this year. Okay, so think about this. That's actually true. So Kennedy is hitting two fifty three. Nine oh hitter. He has fifty five hits this year. Twenty six have not left the infield. Twenty six out of fifty five hits have been infield singles. So what does that tell you about this team? Go back to the question. Let's talk win for one minute and you ask the question, who does that help? If you look at Texas, this is a team who has three times as many sacrifice bunts as we do. A lot of those are some that get scored where your guy was kind of bunting for a hit with a man on first. Gets thrown out, we'll give him the sacrifice anyway. So it's a team that's going to bunt a lot. Kennedy has 15 bunt singles. 15. And, again, let's diverge one more time, go down another rabbit hole. If I'm Texas and I've got a guy leading off in Antico who's stolen 39 bases this year. I make Cam James make that throw. Don't you? Oh, yeah. I know where you're going with that. Absolutely. You go back and you look, what did we not do well last week? We didn't do a terribly good job fundamentally on the infield at times in the short game. Texas plays the heck out of the short game. Big crowd, Saturday night, ESPN. Young guy who hasn't been there. I'm telling you right now. Get ready for bunting. If you don't see some bunting early and some running early, I'm going to be very surprised. And I'm I'm going to tell you, the bunting is going at the third baseman. It's going going there. And that's the thing, you know, and and Cam – has played his way well. I mean, he has hit the ball well. He's played his way back to third base. But they're about to test and see if he's gotten rid of the yips. Well, and think, too, we had some – okay, it was a swinging bunt situation. But, look, Luke Hancock hasn't played a lot of first base. And a ball to that side of the field <laughs> isn't, a, isn't a slam dunk defensively either in terms of ball you know, on the ground in the short game. So, getting back then, so we say that about Texas, who's the win help? They've got three guys with double-digit home runs. We get so caught up, I do, in remembering teams based on their reputation. And I want to think about Texas being a team that can really get up there and mash. They've got some guys who can, but we're more of a power team than they are. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. To be honest with you, the wind blowing out, I mean, I think it helps you know, I think it helps a Brad Cumbus or a Logan Tanner who gets lift and gets under the ball and it, that may help us a little bit. It may take a warning track fly ball, the one that you don't get great, and get it out of there. And how do you get a guy like Madden out of the game? If he could piece a couple things together and run a three-run home run out of there. Now, that being said, I hope I'm not being negative. I'm not, I don't think I'm being negative. No, I, I think, don't think so at I all. I think we're just being kind of almost like, hey, realist of this is not the same Texas team that we played early this year, and we are not the same Mississippi State team that played early this year. I think we're a better team than right now than we were then. I think we're a lot better team. Yes. I think Texas is a lot better team than Absolutely. they were. So that being said, I don't I don't think you can really draw comparisons between how, you know, we set up in that first week. Plus you gotta ask yourself the question about how that ballpark played out at Globe Life. So All right, so let me take you down a different path here. Let's go off subject again. First of all, I think if you go and look right now, by the way, Texas is RPI's number five. We're six. These are two really good teams. 
by the way, Notre Dame has <laughs> jumped seven spots to number four. How does that work? Wouldn't you say, yeah, exactly. They jumped us because they came down here and played some They played some real baseball. They played some talent this yeah. past weekend. <laughs> if you look at it, in the College World Series to win, whether you want to get through a regional, whether you want to get through a super, assuming you play a good team, and whether you want to get through the College World Series, it's no different than the SEC tournament. Don't you always need that one guy to kind of have that weekend? You need Rusty Toms in 97. You need Burke Masters in 90. You need a guy who's a good player to become great for a week. Isn't that really the only difference in these teams out here right now is which team is going to find that guy who hits in the six hole, who hits seventh, who all of a sudden hits 450 for the weekend? Oh, I agree with that. Absolutely. Here's what we've had. We've had that guy all year in Tanner Allen. It's almost like he hasn't had a dip. I mean, we've kind of ridden him. That home run he hit last week in the Monday game, just to kind of answer, was was big. was just so big, and it's almost like he's you know, taking everybody on his back. It'll be interesting to see. I'm going to be real interested to see how Madden pitches to Tanner Allen. Now, Rowdy's going to bat from the left side, which I like Rowdy batting from the left side more than I do the right. T.A. at the top of the order. I think the top of the first inning today is going to kind of tell you a little bit about how Ty Madden is going to pitch to us. So who's the guy for us, though? Because you know you're getting that. That's what you've been getting. I, my theory is you need a something else. You need a Kellum Clark. You need a Brad Cumbest. You need somebody to get hot. So maybe a Scotty DeBrule. I draw a parallel, by the way. The, the center fielder for Texas is a grad transfer, Antico. And you look at his numbers, they've been just slowly trending up all year long. You look at DeBrule, he's been trending up as of late. It's almost like those two guys have started to adjust at the plate to the speed of the game. You know, there are some parallels with these teams. I think of that parallel with Antico and DeBrule, two guys that, you know, early in the year really didn't know what 95 looked like on a consistent basis. Because let me tell you this, if you go to the plate – in every at-bat, that's the thing that SEC baseball has become is every at-bat is a grind. And what it does to you mentally, it just absolutely wipes you out. And so you have grad transfers, like you just said, who get better as the year goes on. And then all of a sudden you look at the Texas second baseman and Lane Forsyth, both freshmen, and how the season can beat you down as you get two-thirds the way through the season. Because Mitchell Daly, the second baseman for Texas, has lost 35 points off his batting average since the regional started. This was a guy who was really hitting the ball. He's something now like three for his last 29, four for his last 29. So it's not like he's just completely put the bat away. But, look, you lose 35 points off your average in 10 games, it ain't going well. No, it's not. And, hey, before we go much further, let's remind you that we're brought to you by Cannon Ford of Startwell on Sunday mornings for our Sunday coffee. And this is pretty much a pregame show for you. So you get ready for tonight, 6 o'clock, State in Texas, game one of the College World Series. Cannon Ford, hey, they're like every other car dealer right now. They don't have the selection on the lot like they used to, but it's coming. But they can find you whatever you want. They Keep what you have running. That's the big thing is – when you start looking in, in the auto industry right now of the service departments around the country about how much more business they're getting, and that's one of the things that they do a great job of out here with their service department, keeping your car running and serviced 
if you need to trick it out, get a little bit nicer, you want to put that spray and bed liner in that truck, tired of the knocks and scratches in that bed, put you a spray and bed liner in there. They can do that. doesn't matter the maker model. doesn't matter anything like that. They can get you taken care of. But the customer service, the customer service at Cannon Ford of Startville is what separates them from anything else. And so shop where I shop. I was just out there on Friday just talking to Chris Keen and the gang out there. And, man, they – they do a fantastic job. They're just good people. So check them out. And Sunday Coffee, once again, brought to you by Cannon Ford of Starville. Charlie, last night, Vanderbilt had to win in 12 innings. <sighs> Down by two, hit the two-run home run, took a 6-5 lead. Arizona tied it in the ninth inning. They went all the way to the 12th, and Vanderbilt won. I'm not going to waste my breath on what we talked about a, a couple of months ago allowing one person, and evidently their athletic department just allows one person to ruin the experience for everyone. But here's the thing, Charlie. Wouldn't you say this matchup tonight, Mississippi State and Texas, is probably the most anticipated matchup of the College World Series? I think so. It's, on paper, one of the most evenly matched games in the opening round. And I think both both of these teams are real contenders to win this. And I think both of these teams, this is where I, I better duck, have a possibility to go two and Q. Isn't that everybody, though? Isn't that everybody? I mean, I could have looked at, at Vanderbilt last night and said, they lose this game today, they're done. Same way with even Arizona now. I mean, they could go two. And, I mean, anybody there, Not I think we said that during the week with our show, is that's the thing that really stands out to you about this College World Series. There are no dominant teams out there. Arkansas, I would have t- I would have told you Arkansas would have had a tough time going 0-2. Even though they're starting pitching, the injuries and everything late in the year kind of knocked them back a little bit. Let me ask you, let's talk about Arkansas one second. They don't advance to the College World Series. We've said all along that we thought Arkansas was either 1 or 1A in terms of being the best team in the country. As you look back at Arkansas, was this one of those things that happens with baseball where the best team doesn't always advance? Is it Mississippi State 1989? Or did we give Arkansas too much credit? Or did perhaps the injury to the pitching staff there for Arkansas change things? I look at it, and I would say this. The one thing about Arkansas, you know, they only had one sweep of a series all year long. And so, on the one hand, you say, that doesn't scream dominant. On the other hand, they won all the series they played, which at least screams consistency. So is it the injury? Is it the baseball gods? Or were we wrong that Arkansas was the best team? No. I'll I tell you, I flipped the other page. I think NC State is hitting a run right now like Arizona hit in 2016. Sometimes it's a team that gets hot more than the team that they beat. Go back to what we were saying earlier. You need that guy. You need that guy. Bobby Dahlbeck. Okay. Mm-hmm. We were better than Arizona in 2016. They came in here Bobby Dahlbeck. And won, and then all the way, went all the way to the finals of the College World Series. I mean, they almost won the daggum thing. And then coming in here, it was a surprise they even made it to us. So I think NC State's kind of on that run right now. LSU had that a few years ago. I think in 2009, when LSU won the national championship, Lewis Coleman and that group, they wore the gold jerseys just about every game for like 15 games in a row. They just got hot. And that's the thing about the College World Series. If I'm looking at teams right now that I think are just smoking hot, NC State's probably that team. Texas is not that team in terms of just being hot. Texas is not They've that been team. good. We're not that team. 
And so that's that's the thing. So what wins this year? Is it the team that stays hot? Now, here's the thing about a team that stays hot. If you, if you pop them one time, they may fold. Yeah, you they're know? not so, hot anymore. Yeah, right? I mean, you pop the balloon. And so that's the thing about NC State. So NC State playing Vanderbilt, you know, tomorrow, you don't know what that does to NC State. So that being said, I know that it almost sounds like a ramble. That being said, I think this thing's wide open. It's completely wide open right now. You said something a while back, which is that uh, nothing would surprise you in the context of a, a regional. Nothing would surprise me here. Nothing would surprise me in this College World Series. We could lose two and come home. We could make a run to the finals. I think the margin's pretty thin. I think you're at the time of the year where one or two plays in a ball game can make a difference. Can you defend a bunt today? We may very well be sitting here tonight on a post-game rap show saying we won today because we played it clean on the infield or, and I hope we're not, we could be sitting here saying, man, it's like we talked about. We knew it was coming. Couldn't defend the running game. Couldn't defend the short game. Well, last week, I mean, not we don't we don't pat ourselves on the back. Here's what we're going to do: is we're going to just take a ton of experiences we've had in this game, been around it for a while. Is that's the whole thing? What you said a minute ago, Charlie, about you don't know what to expect. Anything can happen. But we talked about last week with Notre Dame the inability to field. We also talked with Notre Dame about we felt better about Notre Dame on Sunday, and then better about us on Monday. And it's not about just throwing something out there and seeing if it sticks. It's almost like we're playing the percentage and playing the, the averages as well. And what does the averages tell us about the day? Texas is about to test our infield. They're about to test the infield. Yeah, and look, whether it's by design or just by history, we, we talked about you know, the deal with Kennedy, 26 infield hits. You don't need a game plan. That's not a change. That's just who they are. You look at Antico, 39 of 43 running. If he gets on base – and it goes back to how important is it to get the leadoff hitter? When the guy's got 39 stolen bases, and everybody gets kind of hung up at times about Logan Tanner. So, well, he ain't going to run on Logan Tanner. He, Logan Tanner's got a cannon. I think one of the most unfair things you can do is judge a catcher by the percentage of guys they throw at. Absolutely. It's all about the guy on the bump. It's all about the guy on the hill. So you've got a right-hander today. Bednar doesn't have just a complete slow motion to the plate, but he ain't fast. So if Texas gets on, you may look for some running game. That's that's one of the things that's going to stand out a little bit. All right, we talk about us, and we talk about Ty Madden. And with the College World Series being spread out, pitch counts are not as important. You know, we talked about it in the Sunday game last week with Tyrell. I thought, you know, we had a pretty tough approach in the middle innings because we felt like we had to get him out of the game. What's your approach today with Ty Madden? Is it aggressive early in the count? Is it we're going to try to make this guy throw a bunch of pitches and try to get him out? Here's the thing about Ty Madden. When you look at him and you look at Tyrell that we saw from Notre Dame last week and Bernhardt and all these guys we saw from Notre Dame, it's very similar to us. Bednar last week, these are guys, if if you can string together a 15-pitch inning, which is pretty much average in the old days, you're probably going to get them out in five or six innings. I went back and was listening to our discussion with Chris Young. And we've talked to Chris Young a couple of times, bullpen coach for the Chicago Cubs. And that last conversation we had with him, I really enjoyed because we just taught pitching. It wasn't about a game. It wasn't about a game you played. It was just teach us some pitching. And he had a great phrase that I've been trying to use. 
And he talked about that you see batters who on the first pitch of an at-bat will swallow the curveball. And what he meant by that was if you throw a curveball, you throw a slider, they're just letting it go. They're just going to swallow it. And if you throw it for a strike, you're getting ahead of them. Now you're up 0-1. But they know the tendencies of guys who, if they see spin, are just going to let it go. I think I am in the mindset today when you've got a guy who has an elite slider, swallow it. On the first pitch, don't be – look, nobody likes falling behind 0-1. But I think today, if you see spin early in the count, you got to let it go and try to hit the fastball because that is where we had success against him. And if he can't throw that slider for a strike and he has to throw the fastball, then that's when we can start making comparisons to game one. That's where, to me, the game is, is can't he control that slider for a strike? Because if he can't, and I agree with you, spit on that slider, man, swallow it. it just completely get it, get it out of your system if you see spin. Yes, 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 no. The no has to be on spin. And if you take a slider right in a pipe, and I know there's going to be some guy out there going, why didn't you swing at that? Hey, I'd, I'd rather that happen than all of a sudden you go up there thinking, here comes a slider, and he throws that fastball right in a pipe. You can't pull the trigger because it's 97, right? You've got to figure out where you can make your hay, and I think making your hay today is with a fastball. You have to. Do you think that what I just said about that approach, would you change that if you're Cameron James, meaning here's my point. where We know that when he gets behind and counts, that slider away is trouble for him. Do you maybe have him a little more aggressive early in the count and if he swings and misses at one, so be it? What game was it when he swung at the first slider early in the game and then it was almost like, all right, we ain't, boys, we ain't doing this. It was a game early in the year. Was that in the Ole Miss series? I remember talking about it when it happened because it like – he, he, it was a, it was the Hoagland game. Yes, it was like he just you argued. In fact, on the our Sunday coffee show, that the best thing that happened to him was swinging and missing at that one and just kind of clearing his head and starting over. Yeah, absolutely. I would say this: of all the guys on our team, I think facing a right-handed guy with a serious secondary pitch, he is going to be the guy that I think is most important to hit early in the count. Cumbest. Okay, two. How about this, though? Cumbest has really developed as a hitter, don't you think? He has. He's come a long ways. Now, I still say this, though. It's been a long time since Cumbest has seen a slider like he's going to see today. And, you know, Kellum Clark, are you going to DH him? You would think so, facing the right-hander. This will be a different ball game for him, too. We talked about a minute ago about guys that get lift. There's another guy that gets lift. And if that wind's blowing out the left or blowing out the center field today, I mean, he can hit some towering fly balls. He gets some towering fly balls, like fly ball outs that are high. And so that's a guy today that you may hit, may hit a hit a ball that the pitcher thinks is going to land out in shallow left field and gets out of there if the wind's blowing straight out at 18 miles an hour. Oh, one note on Texas. One of the things that I have really picked up in our discussions is the importance of when you look at starting pitchers, you can almost see a pattern in because who they're going to be backed up with. Coaches get in their mindset, I'm going to throw Christian McLeod today and I'm going to back him up with Preston Johnson. I'm, you know, you always see these things. Texas is in a very clear mindset of who they back up Ty Madden with. It's a guy named Tanner Witt. Witt is a freshman right-hander, big tall kid, 6'5", 215. Like Madden, 
He's got a blazing fastball. Of course, who doesn't pitching in baseball now? I have so, not. Re- I have not read this article. I have not read this article, but I'm I'm gonna finish it for you before. I'm going to guess his secondary pitch is completely different than a slider. Yes. He is a 12-6, high 70s, yep. big loop top to bottom. Think Cole Gordon curveball. Yeah. Because a lot of times you look and say, why are you going to back up a hard-throwing right-hander with another hard-throwing right-hander? Ding, ding. Because <laughs> the second pitch is different. And that, that's that's it. I mean, that's it. Because you get a guy out there in his third at bat who's seen slider fastball, hard slider, hard fastball, and all of a sudden you, you pop a little lolly, <laughs> lollipop in on him, a Jonathan Holder, about the knees, and, and you're the like – knees just buckle. Oh, yeah. You can't swing. No. And so guys like you and me are sitting at home screaming, swing the bat. It's not that easy. <laughs> it is not that easy. This is a completely different feel than us saying back in Houston Harding from you know with Bednar. And so, hey, listen – we're in the College World Series, man. Third time in a row. How awesome is it just to go back? We talked to Roger. <laughs> we talked to Roger Clemens last week about this. Back in '82, they went finished, you know, finished second in the College World Series, and then they go back and win it in '83. And he, he talked about the experiences of understanding the media, and that's one of the things I remember going in 2013 and Luis Poliorena walking in the dugout and. You know, everybody's got their phones out and taking pictures of the stadium and, you know, doing the selfies in the stadium. And it's with this group, and, yeah, we've got some guys who are going for the first time, but it's not that big a deal. You you know, I mean, just getting to Omaha, you're not starstruck by walking into TD Ameritrade, and I think there's a lot for that. I think that says a lot. Will Bednar hadn't pitched on this stage yet. I mean, he's pitched in front of a big crowd, but he hasn't pitched on this stage yet. Some of the guys we've got going on the mound, even a Houston Harding, these guys have not pitched on the stage just yet. But here's the thing that's positive to me is I've got a guy like Rowdy Jordan. I've got a guy like Tanner Allen. I've got guys on my roster who have been there and can explain it. Hey, guys, let me tell you something. When we get out here tonight, there's going to be a bunch of people. There's going to be a lot of people. There's going to be more people watching this game than you've ever had in your life. But let me tell you this. 50% of the fans sitting in the stands don't care. They're just there because it's the College World Series. This is not putting 25,000 fans and going to Austin. They're not going to have 24,000 fans screaming and yelling at you. To me, that's the thing about the College World Series you got to put away is, yeah, it's a big crowd, but it's like the Super Bowl. We made this comparison last week. We had the NFC Championship game last week here in Starkville. Now all of a sudden you go to the Super Bowl where it's more corporate. And you got a lot of fans in the stands that, that don't care. All right, before we go, I want to ask you this. Tell me what you're looking for today. What are the things that you're going to watch during this ball game that you think is going to tell the story? I think we've already talked about them. One is our infield defense. Managing nerves goes back to that point. You've got to tell yourself, hey, there's a bunch of people here, but they don't care. I think, and I'm going to go to that point real quick, Here's one of the things I think what swallows people here when they come to play at Duty Noble. And John Cohen talked about this the other day, about the, the upper deck feels like it's out on you and you're looking at a wall of people. I think for a kid who's 18 to 20 years old, they've always had the ability to turn their back, find a spot in the outfield, and pretty much gather themselves where you can't see people. 
this is a little thing. And Butch Thompson's talked about this with me about this ballpark over here. He said, when you've got a young guy out on that mound, and, yeah, he sees that wall of people, when he turns around, he sees people. And it's almost like you're you're the chicken on the stage, and you can't get off of it. And sometimes that messes with people. Here's the thing about Will Bednar and all the guys we got going. Even though it's been a home crowd, they know what it's like to turn your back and look around, and there's people. I know that sounds small, but that's a big thing mentally because they played in this ballpark that features fans in a complete 360. I think that's huge. So I think infield defense is a big thing. I think how Will Bednar composes himself and gets ahead, he doesn't get 2-0. And I think the telltale of this game is the location of sliders from Ty Madden. All right, so I, was, I wrote down a note to myself. Here's what I'm looking for. I think in addition to infield defense that we talked about, I think this game is going to be a tale of two sliders, okay? Can Will Bednar throw his slider for first pitch strikes? We saw him go into it early in at-bats a lot against Notre Dame. It was almost at times like he became slider heavy, you know, slider, 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 fastball. He was almost pitching backwards at times against Notre Dame. Can he throw first pitch sliders for strikes, and can our bats have the discipline to let the spin travel and not strike out. Here's the thing to me. What was John Cohen talking about Tanner Allen? He said that Tanner Allen can cover any ball in the strike zone. He can cover any ball that is catchable. We've got a lot of guys who can cover in the zone. We have to avoid getting ourselves out on balls that look like they're headed there but don't end up in the zone. Now I'll tell you something else. I agree with that completely. Tell you something else. You're going to be watching TV tonight, and it's like playing the outfield at Coors Field in Colorado. It's a big outfield, but the ball travels. And so what's the first thing that stands out to you when a ball goes over the outfielder's head or gets in a gap? Where was he? Man, what kind of angle did he take? First of all, you've got to take great angles. You've I got said to, that several times last night you, about like, what a terrible angle by the center fielder. You, you better get your angles right because you talk about swallowing you up. This outfield is big. It will swallow you up. It doesn't take away, even though the, the ballpark is going to turn into a hitter's ballpark, it doesn't take away the space you got to defend. And there's a lot of area out in the outfield to defend. And so tonight when you see that ball go in the left center field gap and say, man, where was our outfielders? Just understand they got a lot of area to cover, a lot of area to cover. Hey, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's fun. This is, this is what it's all about. Growing up as kids – we didn't go here a whole lot, <laughs> and now three years in a row. Looking forward to it. Our post-game wrap show, we'll do it later tonight after the game, and we've had fun with these, and this has been a blast. Uh, so we'll, we're back, post-game wrap all week long? Post-game wrap after every Mississippi State game. Well, um, we had our last technical, technically our last out of left field show last week. So we'll kind of see how that kind of falls into play this this coming week and Thursday. We had Roger Clemens on the show. We had John Cohen on the show this past week. Roger Clemens was really good. We talked pitching and just kind of three guys sitting back. That was a, that was a lot of fun. It's pretty cool. And, you know, John gave some great insight about how you got have to coach different at the College World Series. And so it's uh, it's been an absolute blast this season. A lot more fun when you win, but we've had a lot of fun doing it. Not our last Sunday coffee, though, right? I hope not. We'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back for that. We'll be back for another Sunday coffee, I think. I hope we're here for quite a while. The no, fortnight. I hope we're here next next Sunday talking about something. Well, no, no. yeah, okay. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. 
Bulldogs in Texas tonight at 6 at TD Ameritrade Park in Omaha, Nebraska. We'll be right back with the postgame wrap show right after that. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee, presented by Cannon Ford of Starville.